thought I was going to have to restart that jump. When the last time you seen Tupac? Tupac. So you sat? Hey. When the last time you seen Tupac? Tupac. I'm assuming that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> when the last time you, you have to hear the Tupac. end of the class. I mean, end of the song, which we're not going to get to. When the last time you seen Tupac? Tupac. He's still alive. Out there in Cuba. <laughs> Fade to the back. I know who killed Pac, nigga. The police know who killed Pac, nigga. Suge Knight know who killed Pac, nigga. He died at the car wash. The world heard the shots, nigga. Then they killed Biggie. He just came through to visit. Rampart Division. Pyrus ain't had nothing to do with it. So many niggas in caskets that turn ashes. Some get shot. Some Hussein fatal in car crashes. I think it's a conspiracy theory. Illuminati. How Pac died. Two months later, they killed Gaddafi. Then they killed Bunch Real and Heron. They getting sloppy. LAPD, these niggas worse than the Nazis. And Pac was only 25, thugging as a youngin', sitting shotgun. I wonder if he's seen them shots coming. Guess it don't matter. All them niggas very dope. Wouldn't it never happen? Obviously, it doesn't matter. Was that the game? That that was uh, JCon, man. That was JCon. Sounds just like the game. Man. Yeah, man. JCon, whatever his last name is. Yeah, that was a game. Yeah, no, act like you ain't like the documentary. If you didn't like the documentary, you you're not you're not black. Fair. What's your documentary? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I gotta own it. What's what's documentary? The actual album, my money. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. That's my shit. I love that shit. That shit was dope. My man said, "What's documentary?" <laughs> <laughs> he, was about to get, he was about to go into it. it was so many over the last year. <laughs> you the new Tupac and Biggie documentary? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, they, they made so many of them. Expose. Yeah, well, hey, I, man. He got to take the coat off, man. He got to take the lab coat off, man. Oh, man. This man hey, man. Let, let me get to beer number two. I'll be there. <laughs> uh, welcome to the uh, council. I almost forgot the name of the show. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the. Po- <laughs> Dang. Uh, hold on. Welcome to the Council and Clutch Podcast, episode number 30. I'm your boy, Kyle. Today, I'm joined by Sap. Yo, what's up? What's up? The mad scientist, dope science on deck. We got $2 Bill, AKSP. Yes, sir. Your boy's in the building, flaming. Got his own drop. Um, Then we got our boy, Roy. Yo, it's me. What it do, baby? You know, Kawhi said that, right? But we're going to keep it moving. You like that? You see I did that? I'm trolling, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you gotta let, if, hey, hey, look. If you got to let us know. Hey, yeah. But, uh, shoot. Too love. Too love. Hey, bro, how, how, how your week been, man? How your week? We, we ain't... Man, you know it's been miserable. Uh, Season over with. Lost in the playoffs. Nah. Yeah. So now I'm back being a regular <laughs> civilian. But uh, it's, other than that, been cool, man. The weather been good, you know. Life's on the up and up. Got some new projects on the way, so. Y'all stay tuned. That's good. That's good. SP, how you been? Life's always great, man. When you're great, life's great. <laughs> Carry your weather with you. <laughs> Two dollar bill. Two weeks in a row, SP done told us. He's great. <laughs> Sap, how you been, man? It's been a couple weeks since you've been on the show. But hey, man. I've been good, bro. I've been, a, you know, stuff in the lab has been kind of kind of slow. 
a little frustrating. So, you know, been running out of town every weekend, you know, just living my best life. So it's been good. Took a weekend trip to Miami. It was pretty dope. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, man. It's beautiful down there, man. The people, the weather, the water, you know. Got to spend more than one day next time. One day to Miami? Oh, you flexing. Yeah, Yeah, man. I went down there for a wedding, bro. Uh, One of my homies got married. Uh, Actually, two of my homies, they married each other. So it was pretty dope. Nigerian wedding, man. These, these, them jokers be stunting. They did. They, they, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? We talked about this, though. We talked about this in the chat. When he said it, <laughs> when he said it, my heart stopped. I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, he did tell us about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. Stop. Care to, care to expunge on the homie thing? Nah, 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 nah. Keep it going. <laughs> hey, the, the council of the clutch, we, we accept everybody. We respect all. So just keep it going. But it's regular, though. Yeah, but he's... Yeah, that's wild. No, but it's regular, though. He just said homie. Nah, he said homies. Hmm? It yeah. was regular, though. Sap, you told us about it, right? Yeah, a little bit. I probably didn't go into much detail, but you know. I know both of the people, so they homies. Oh, I get it. So homies don't, it's not tied to being <laughs> uh being masculine or male. It's just people from my point of view. Yeah, we get that now. We there now. It's just when you first said it without <laughs> knowing the context of the conversation. Uh I had a, oh, yeah, boy. I, I thought about it. Boy, I still, I still was hurting to just a second. <laughs> hey, hey, so enlighten, so the, so the, so the audience can, can see what we talk about. <laughs> boy, you try to get us off the air already, huh? So, right. uh, NFL top 100. Uh, keep it, hey, keep the buddy going. <laughs> Yo, all right. Uh, so we're going to move into the actual podcast. Sap out here trying to, uh, Shoot us down. Um, but uh, NFL released their annual top 100 where uh, you have a 1,000-plus uh, NFL players vote on their, essentially, their colleagues and who they think are the best and uh, where they rank. So um, the list is, of course, 100 players, and then most of the notable people are there. But it was one name that was not there, and that is the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. Now he gets slanders. He gets slandered all day, every day, anyway. But do y'all think Dak Prescott is a top one hundred player in the NFL? Um, I'll go first. As a Cowboys fan, yes, he's a top one hundred player. He, I mean, if you got how many starters is it in the NFL? Thirty, oh, including him, twenty-two him. times thirty-two, right? It's seven hundred and four. Nah, never mind. He's not a top one hundred player. Nah. Are you talking about starters? You talking about every position? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he's not a top one. Okay, I was okay. really, I was really waiting to see where you was going. I with had to this. think about what I was saying. Like it, it's not. Yeah, nah, nah. He's not a top one hundred player. He's a top fifteen quarterback, but he's not a top one hundred player. No. All right. Uh, how you feel about the SP? I concur. Absolutely not a top one hundred player. Can I jump back in on that though? I kind of understand oh, yeah. why why we having this conversation, because right now he the only quarterback that is like in the news really, so they just kind of you know he was left off the list, but he up to get a big payday. Yeah, that's true. But that's not the payday. Not because he's a top one hundred player, it's just because he's a franchise quarterback. He's benefiting from the position because if all pay scales was equal or whatever it may be, he wouldn't be getting thirty million. 
if he wasn't a quarterback based off of just his for the reason the reason like you i mean you're alluding to it is is most prevalent because of that but i was i would say to go even further that he's basically or at least last year based off of his performance and if you put into the equation how much he was getting paid and his salary currently he was the most valuable quarterback in the nfl so i think that's another reason why not i mean that and you just slap on the fact that he plays for uh mind you quote unquote make sure we get that quote unquote america's team um, no okay unfortunately i'm talking about the the cowboys that play in dallas oh we, we are um, america's team though. The, the, the oklahoma cowboys yeah, and I don't uh, Donald Trump is our president, so there's that as well. Is he? But uh, uh, unfortunately, I mean, maybe fortunately for some, I guess. Hey, but <laughs> hey, man, when the last time you seen Tupac, man? Ain't got nothing to do with anything. I just don't want to talk about. <laughs> but, nah, um, but uh, but what you think, uh, Seth? So honestly, I haven't been uh, watching football regularly for the past like five or six years. But based off the numbers, because I know when Dak got to the Cowboys, that just changed the game for them. But if I'm looking at it, you know, he, my man Dak got 20, at least 20 touchdowns for the past three years. You know, he got high on the interceptions that second year with 13, but four interceptions, 13, eight. You know, he's running for a couple hundred yards a game, six touchdowns like each year. Like, come on, man. You, you can't fit that into the top 100, 99. Come on, man. Think about it. Now, here's the thing, though. My take from this, well, first, I don't think he's a top 100 player. But my take from this is these are your peers True. voting on this. Over a 1,000 of your peers voted, and you didn't make that list. So I think there's a bigger question, like, is she one of those players you don't respect his game? Like, when y'all play the Cowboys, you're not, ah, we don't got to worry about that. We got to shut down Zeke, and we good. Like, I... I, I would just wish I knew what like NFL players thought about that Prescott because at the end of the day, it's a hundred slots. You would think like one would think every starting quarterback would at least be in there because it's such a valuable position, right? If you just want to talk about the allure of a quarterback, um, but players know players. So when you look at this list, you got a whole like a whole heap of like defensive players in the top ten, right? Well, not in the top ten, but just like in the top half of the yeah. the whole thing. Then you have your quarterbacks, like the, the legacies of Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and all that. But it's like these are your coworkers saying that you trash, basically. Hold on, hold <laughs> on, hold on. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. I got an analogy for Dak Prescott, um, Peninsula District quarterback uh, for Phoebus. I'm not gonna say any names. Taj. <laughs> no name, fam. No name. No, I mean that's a good comparison, though. He not Taj, not trash. He a good quarterback. He benefited from hella talent. Yeah, that's true. I was about to say that's a that's a the analogy of Dak Prescott to the Cowboys as Taj was to that Phoebus team. I feel like is is very fair to so that Clemson team too. Oh yes. no! Oh, to that Clemson team. Well, all right. Let me be respectful here. On that Clemson uh, team, it was more so like, it was, hey, yeah, just it was, don't, just, just don't mess up. Yeah, get the ball to him, get the ball to him. Don't. But mess that's up. Dak. Manage this game. Oh, you're right. So, can we do another another analogy of another peninsula? Di- Never mind. Nah, nah, nah. We are gonna stay off Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go kick his hand, man. Why, oh, why you my bad. 
Yeah, I was about to go old, the old short dude from Kick It Time, man. Yeah. Like Kyler Murray. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> <no>. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Y'all got, um, as far as for that, so we all conclude that Dak Prescott is not a top 100 player. Yeah, he not. Yes. He not. All right. He should be, so, but he not. He will be one I, day. I'll ask this one question real quick before we move on. His impact on the team, does that not elevate him beyond the stats to uh, being a top 100 player? As a fan? See, that's the thing. Nah. I mean, yeah. His impact on the team isn't that great, though, compared to a lot of other players. It is. Carson Wentz up there, and he ain't won a division yet. So, Dak, if you're looking at it like that, from that perspective, Dak should be up there. But as a football guy, knowing what Dak does and what he don't do and our play calling – he ain't showing that he's a top 100 player. Not to say that he's not talented enough to be, but just looking at it from a a, a non fan goggle perspective, nah, he ain't. He ain't, the, even the stat sap don't. They don't make you think, oh, he's a franchise quarterback. His intangibles is what makes him good, but that ain't enough to make you talent wise better on a ranking scale. I don't think. He's a serviceable quarterback. That's how I feel. He's like a serviceable quarterback. He's not a backup. But he's not one of those elite starters where you know he's going to lead you to a championship. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. I, I can't think of, I can't think of like a a quarterback that kind of matches he's that. He's like a Drew Bledsoe in history, but now I'm reaching uh, here. I thought, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bledsoe was considered like one of the best quarterbacks at one point. Or am I wrong on that? Like during his time, he was considered one of the top. Man, he got replaced by Tom Brady. At a... He got hurt though. Yeah, that's true. But Drew, and he was old. Oh, hey, nah, man, that's the lightning, bro. <laughs> oh dang! God, cut all. He get clipped. Yeah, it's lighting up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to mute this jump. I thought hey, Q hopped no. on for a second. Oh, hey y'all. <laughs> With the scramble, with the scramble, uh, with the scramble audio, but uh, another player who did not make the top one hundred, Marshawn Lynch. That's the best segue I can get. Hey. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> so um, there was a video out. Um, hey Roy, since you dropped the video, can you explain what's going on in the video for the for the folks who haven't seen it? All right. So Marshawn had his camp. Um, I think it was out in Oakland. I didn't really look at that part of it. He had a video of a lady that was getting a mad uh, upset. Um, a lady of, of non-Negro complexion. She Her son was participating in the camp, but she didn't like some of the dialect that, that Marshawn was using with her son and the discipline methods he was using. Because I'm guessing they didn't go into detail about it, but from the conversation, Marshawn was pretty much telling her that her son was, you know, being lazy in the drill, not doing his job and not listening. So he was making him do push-ups or just telling him to get out the way. And in the process of that, the lady felt like her son was being disrespected. But Marshawn in the video, it shows him. First, he asked, was was there a man with her? Because he wanted to talk to the man, not just necessarily her. And, you know, her being in, in this day and age, the feminist culture that we have, um, the lady was like, nah, you're going to talk to me. So then he sat down and explained it like it's 125 kids at the camp. I'm not going to sit there and waste time just going back and forth with your son, trying to get them to do right and, and letting everybody else down. So I made him discipline him, get him out of line. I talked to him crazy. But it's football. Like, 
you're not going it's not going to always be perfect. I'm not going to just sit here and act like it's a friendly thing. I'm talking to him how I'm talking to him to build some character so he can know that just because he doesn't feel like it or he's being lazy, that isn't what needs to be done to get the drill done or or be effective on the football field. Basically, that's what happened. So uh, after that great synopsis by Mr. Nixon there, uh, what's y'all take on the video? Uh, So for the folks who didn't see the video, um, another thing Roy uh, didn't mention, and I'm glad uh, Marshawn said it himself, he was like, I'm glad you're recording here because if you were not recording and they start looking at the camera, it was like, I'm going to say this to the camera because you would try to put me out at this point. You know how they always try to change the narrative. Um, when I say they, you know who I mean. They try to change the narrative of what really happened. So he was calm the whole time. Body language was never threatening at any point. Um, and at the end of the video, the lady actually seemed like she understood. She kept saying, well, yeah, yeah, there's other kids, this, that, this, that. So um, overall, pretty much, uh, what, what's y'all take on, one, the situation, um, how the mother was reacting about her son being disciplined? Um, and two, how do you think Marshawn handled the situation? If I were to grade Marshawn's, um, if I was to assess his activity in this uh, particular circumstance, I give him overwhelmingly a motherfucking plus, man. Look, I mean, bro, if you if, and this is what I what I was thinking about when I first originally saw it, especially at the point where you were just talking about where he was pointing at the camera, was like, yeah, I'm glad y'all recording this XYZ. This is why this man does some of the things that he does that people see as so outlandish, but they're based on strong principle, such as not wanting to talk to the media all of the damn time. Because he understands the way in which they can use and twist your words to generate stories or take words out of context and put it in a completely different context than what you actually meant and create a narrative that can harm your brand or your image. Yeah, he actually I mean, got burned early in his career by the media. That's what it changed. Well, I mean, even even so, bro, at that point, you can say that man is a hell of a learner. Oh, yeah, <laughs> He's smart as hell, bro. Shoot. I'm talking about a dude who never spent any of his NFL money. All the money right. he spent was was like sponsorship money. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I saw that story. Uh, that's debatable. I'm not gonna say he didn't spend. He had to spend something. Now he could live off all the sponsorships, but he won't get in all the sponsorships off the muscle. They started at the end. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But either way, ah, uh, we lost that. Ah, uh, Nicholas. But uh. Uh, dang, what you, what you got on the uh, Roy? Oh, I think he did right. Um, I respect him. Like you had said, I kind of, I did forget that part when he talked about into the camera, talking about I'm glad it's here so you could see, you know, the narrative can't be changed. But like like uh, SP said, Marshawn always been like that. You know, he's always been a straightforward guy. It sound bad because he doesn't, his message doesn't sound, his dialect is what throws people off. But if you can get past the dialect and the slang, that brother, his message is real. It's, it's, what it, it's really what it is all the time. He ain't saying nothing that ain't true. It just come off crazy because he's not filtering what he's saying. So he's not going to go in. He's he going to walk into the office and say, what's good, cuz? He's not walking in there saying, hey, how you doing today, sir? It's just what it is. That's how he talk. That's how he is. And, I mean, I ain't mad at him. When you're a millionaire, hell, why not 
what they're going to tell you. You don't got to work for nobody else no more. Just like AI, man. Like when AI they, they made the dress code for him, niggas was joking like, "Yo, it's gonna pull up with a throwback at the Hall of Fame speech." <laughs> like, unapologetically, gotta him, be. Man. I feel like that's what that's one of the things that make dudes make it like that, like not switching up and being who they are. Because when you start switching up and trying to become somebody you're not, you start putting this little extra stress on your own life for no reason. Yeah. Facts. Shoot. Uh, my take on it is, uh, I think he did a great job of. Keeping calm, keeping her calm. That's the biggest thing. Anytime you're dealing with um, a woman in public, it's always like, especially like if you look at the size difference between him and her, if he was being aggressive towards that, it definitely could have seemed like something was about to pop off, right? So anytime you're dealing with a woman in public in general, it's always good to try to keep keep things even kill and keep her calm because all it takes is for a woman to scream and then it's a reaction from everybody else. So... He kept it real calm. He kept her calm. It actually got to a point where she had her hands up and he was actually holding her wrist, like soothing her, like calming her down. Like, look, I have 200 other kids out here. I'm not going to spend all day with your son. And it's just like, okay, I understand that. So I think he did a great job of handling that. But I think it's a bigger question of, okay, you have a mother out here really tripping because her son was being disciplined. If your son is lazy and he's telling him to get out the drill or do it right, why are you mad? Like you should be mad at your son for you paying X amount of dollars for him to be in this in this uh at this camp and he's not performing what he needs to be performing. You're there to learn as a player. You're not there to do what you feel like doing. Like the whole point of the camp is to enhance your skills, learn drills, and do all those other things that can help you in your game. So if you're being lazy there, I can just imagine how he is in school or probably at home. And she's probably defending him at every turn. But it was probably a little bit different because you got a dude who's not family cussing at him like, yo, get out. Like, If you ain't doing this, get the F out. But I think he did a great job of handling. I, I think more so the mother's reaction. I don't know what led up to it and how crazy it was before that. But the fact that he had to come up there to say, yo, look, it, this is what's going on. To do that, she must have been wilding. But, hey, I think he did a great job. Another thing. If you take your child to a camp that's featuring Marshawn Lynch and I'd expect any type of explicit language or maybe raw behavior to occur, I think you a damn fool. But that's just my personal opinion. You ain't got to know what type of camp you're going to, man. White people. <laughs> Yo, what's so real? Was she even white, though? Because she low-key kind of nah, to me. It, I, it, I ain't going to lie. She might have been, but it didn't like she was a white lady trying to fit, tell Marshawn Lynch how to talk. Yeah. How to talk to kids. Which, you don't talk sorry. to kids that way. You tell them to yeah. F out the drill? Yes, I did. Yeah, man. I did, actually. That's <laughs> what I said my to time. Time. Get the fuck out the drill. <laughs> You're not wasting my how time. Did, <laughs> how, did, how do y'all feel about people saying that uh, his comment was sexist as far as... um? Asking her about is if a man was with her. I don't think that was sexist. I think that's more so, again, you got to look at it. He's being recorded. He's physically imposing to this woman. He's being calm. It just takes her to get hype for a whole different story to come out, right? So I think he's more so like, yo, is there a man here so I can speak to this man? Because if it comes to you, you might start wilding out. Like He's probably trying to protect his image. I don't think it was sexist at all. I think he's more so trying to Speak to a man because if anything blows up at that point, man to man, we're gonna talk. Yeah, 
because you can't talk to a man essentially like you would a woman in the public. And that's the, that's today's that's today's climate. Like him, what he did, that's normal back in the day. Like just think about yeah. I ain't gonna say like our grandparents, but pretty much in the seventies and eighties, if a man had a problem with a woman and he knew she was married, he gonna say, "Let me talk to your husband." And it's not, I don't think it's right or wrong. It's just how you're raised. So in Marshawn's case, like Calvin just said, it looked crazy for him to sit there and go back and forth with that woman. But at least if she got her husband with her, it looks a little more stable, even though he's probably overpowering her husband too, just by being an NFL running back. But at least, you know, it's safer if the media sees it. Yeah, because if he would have been volatile this whole time, with a man or a woman, it would it would have been out there, but it's a little bit more accepting. If all right, we get the backstory. Marshawn was cussing at this kid, then the dad got all buff about it, and Marshawn was like, "Yo, this is what it is." Versus a woman getting hot about it, taking the kid or doing whatever they did to get to that point. So the optics of it, Ooh, definitely the optics, the man was there. Hey, yeah, man, the optics is real. <laughs> optics. But yeah. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this was said already because I had some technical difficulties, but like. The, a father would probably already understand like if my son is bullshitting through a drill, then you're going to expect to get cussed at. Yeah. No matter what your age is. I mean, maybe at a certain time, but they're at this camp. They probably paid to be at this camp or like they had to do something special. Like this ain't just a camp any kid is walking up on. So if her son was bullshitting through a drill, you know, you're going to get cussed at. She, if the mother was there or not there, this was going to happen. So the mom just happened to be their audience. And then she, you know, was upset at the fact that he was cussing. Not at the fact that her son, she didn't wreck it. She didn't, she won't really focus on her son, you know, being lazy in the drill when all these other kids are trying to, you know, get the most out of it. And Marshawn was like, yo, you being lazy, you holding us up, get the fuck out. You know, she was mad about the fuck part, not about seeing a full picture of her son is bullshit through a drill and he needs to move his ass and actually like participate fully. So I think that's why he was asking for, is your husband around? Because the optics and the husband might just understand off back, like, Hey, your son was bullshit. So I asked him to get out the line. I might've said fuck, but Hey, you know, you understand you get it. Cause you here at the camp for a reason, not to bullshit through the drill. Eloquently said, Mr. Stapp. And that brings up a good point on how, on how it could be that that woman, you know what I'm saying, based off of, like I said, the the background that people know Marshawn Lynch to be as far as what you've seen through the media and on TV, she could have been waiting for something to happen. And as soon as he used that, you know what I'm saying, get the fuck out of my drill, that was it. Because, I mean, people are like that, unfortunately, in society, man. Yeah, they're petty. People wait. wait. Yeah, hell yeah. People wait all the time for somebody to slip up and do some wrong shit just to blame them or get up and get up in their ass or their case. Shit is ridiculous, but hey. You know what's ridiculous? That Ben Simmons out here shooting jump shots now, man. Shot our our mid range expert. Let's go <laughs> ahead and break down this big Ben Simmons working on this jump shot thing. We had a uh, pre show conversation, so Sap. If you can introduce this topic about uh, Ben Simmons working on his jump shot and your take on it, and then we'll pick up from there. Look, man, you know, Ben Simmons, he recently signed a max contract with the Philadelphia 76ers, and he has a a, a reputation for being known as a a good, like, like, he's like 6'9", so he's really tall, really big, 
like point guard. So he could dribble real nice. He distributes the ball, makes nice assists. You know, he runs the team as a real big dude, like a LeBron. However, unlike LeBron, his jump shot hasn't developed into anything that's a credible threat on the basketball court. So that's always been his criticism, even in playoff games where it seems like, oh, man, this dude has a wide open jump shot. And he refuses to take the jump shot <laughs> to where it's painfully obvious that he is refusing to take a jump shot. So recently there have been videos kind of uh, released and circulated all throughout the summer of Ben Simmons in the gym with his trainer just shooting jump shots and knocking them down. No rim, no backboard, just straight bottom of the net. We call that wet. So... <laughs> <laughs> Mark Jackson out here. <laughs> hey, man, SP, SP know the deal. He's seen it all for, for several summers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, cool. Go ahead, man. Go all ahead. I'm gonna say, <laughs> all I'm going to say is uh, me and Q call Sap the mid-range assassin, man. We played basketball in this dude's backyard one day. Like, yo, Sap don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> Sap get the yeah. ball dribble twice and pull up. Like, yo, dang. Oh, man, hey, subscribe man. to the Rip Hamilton fan uh, channel on YouTube. I'm shooting like Glenn Rice now. I ain't moving too much. We're going to get back though. But the point <laughs> being, the point being is, you know, you know, like, do y'all really believe that Ben working on his jump shot, given the max deal before all this stuff has happened is fair. Having all this criticism about him, just, you know, not having the jump shot given that really he's only been in the league for three years, maybe four. It's only 20. What y'all take? Well, um, as the resident Ben Simmons critic, um, I, I think it, finally you working on the jump shot because uh, I feel like this max offer honestly shouldn't have came until you proved something. I, I feel like he was not to the point where I, as a GM, would give him that max deal um, because of the lack of a jump shot. Like Teams defend your team differently when your point guard can't shoot. Yes, you are 6'10". Yes, you can dominate the paint because most point guards are nowhere near your size. Yes, you can dominate defensively because, again, most point most point guards are not your size. But at the end of the day, in crunch time, everybody's playing like five feet off you because they know you're not going to take the jump shot. And my issue with Ben Simmons is not necessarily that he can't make a jump shot. It's the fact that he doesn't attempt. Like the attempt is not even there to bring in the like to bring the defense out. You just drive all day and then dish out. But um, I like that I'm seeing the videos of him shooting. Um, but like you were saying, he's with his trainers. I would want to see him with – I would want to see him maybe in the Drew League or maybe uh, at the, the the summit with all the other NBA players. Shoot, J. Cole was there. <laughs> like, J. Cole out there wetting up Jays with the NBA players in, in New York. Um, but I would definitely would like to see him – with some of his actual com- comrades to see what you're doing. Because when you watch the video, yes, he's making shots, but you're not seeing anybody really defending him. But again, the criticism of him in the NBA was not necessarily, you're not making shots. It's not, you're not taking them. You see what I mean? So it, it, that, that's why I stand at it. I'm glad he's trying to shoot and become a better player, but it shouldn't take a max deal for you to work on your game. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, bro. But the thing is, if we remember a few years ago, one of the greatest players currently in the world in basketball, LeBron James, in his first two and three years, 
everybody was asking, man, you know, we love LeBron. He's a great person. You know, he could do all these things at the rim with the ball, but he just can't hit a three-pointer. And that was the criticism for years at a time. You know, Skip Bayless, Woody Page, all these people just, just dogging him, trashing him for years. And then season four in Cleveland, he just pop out pulling up three-pointers. The thing is, only difference between LeBron and Ben at that time, which is around the same time in their career, is that LeBron wasn't posting videos on Instagram for everybody to see him working on his jump shot. He just was working on his jump shot like everybody else in the league, for real. So, you know, my take, you get that man some time to develop. He's 20 years old. You know, he's technically still like a baby in, like, real-life terms. So, you know, I say give him a few years in the league. Hey man, LeBron was at least attempting threes. He won't make them, but he was attempting threes. I think I think that's like the biggest thing that like when you at, when you actually watch like Jalen Rose and all them talk, it's more about attempting the three, not making the shot, attempting it. Like just put some fear in my heart that you possibly can make a shot. Like that that's what I wanted to see, honestly. But I mean, we'll we'll see what happens come October. Yeah, we'll see, man. You know, money changes things. We'll see if it changes for the better or the worse. He ain't mess with he ain't mess with them Kardashians no more. See what happens every time you you finish up one. It's a detox. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, what's y'all what's y'all take? SP Roy. I don't have an opinion. He don't want to talk. He don't want to talk bad about other light skinned men. I feel. I right. mean, hey, that's not solid. Thomas Conscience, are we going here today? <laughs> are we gonna start? I'm gonna wait. No? I, I'm gonna wait for a certain topic. But Calvin's Conscience will be back. Don't worry. <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh, man. This man, Drake, this nigga Drake held a conference with all light skinned men, and he was like, "Look, we do not bash each other. We are brothers." Rose, like, I gotta take this is Calvin's conscious speaking. She replies to the DM. You still ignore. This is Calvin's conscious speaking. Oh man, can you like SP What you got, SP? I'm I'm not too interested in Ben Simmons or his jump shot. Go seize. All right, then. All right, we'll see when, <laughs> when Ben Simmons pulls up for that mid-range game winner over Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no, oh, over Jason Tatum. Oh, oh, my bad. Light-skinned on light-skinned damage. Right? <laughs> my bad, Kimba. Light-skinned on light-skinned violence right there. <laughs> hey, man, there's no light-skinned on light-skinned violence, bro. Hey, Drake, I'm like, no, brother, you shouldn't have shot that shot, brother. Should have passed the ball. They said, we, we are one. Hey, they're not even going to guard each other, bro. No hand check. <laughs> Oh man, shoot! So going from light skinned niggas not being volatile towards each other to a dark skinned old nigga, Jordan. <laughs> so somebody uh, approached me at work today, and well not today, but last week, and we always talk about shoes and everything. And he asked me a question. He was like, "Yo, do you ever think Jordans will not be popular?" So I thought about that. I was like, "Yo, that that's crazy." I'm not gonna tell you what I said until you know we get everything out, but. Um, I never really thought about that. So what's your take on, like, Jordans in general? Uh, do y'all think that it will ever be a time where Jordans are not as popular as they are right now? Let, let me let yeah. me, let me me do the honors. The residential shoe head, a.k.a. I play in a different pair of shoes every week, a.k.a. I practice in a different pair of shoes every week. This day. is Kyle's conscious speaking. Word he has more shoes than all of us, but – Let's not discuss. Lies. This lies, is Calvin's conscious speaking. If you've ever seen his closet on Instagram, I have a lot of shoes. I just don't like to talk about it on person. 
This is Calvis Conscious speaking. <laughs> My shoes has never been on Instagram. All right, not, not us. But anyway. Nah, <laughs> um, I, I don't think Jordan will ever lose his style. Um, some of these randoms, like, spots they put out, like the Team Jordans and all that stuff, they probably will never hit. Zion, he might be the next one up with a signature shoe that'll hit. Russell Westbrook don't hit a little bit. Chris Paul's shoe hit when he was good. Um, but the retros themselves, they'll never go out of style. I think they do oversaturate the market just because they start to put out some colors that never would exist ever. But you got to think it's a new generation buying them now. So, like, when we was growing up, our dads and our uncles was buying Jordans, and we was getting them. Then we became adults, our generation buying them. Now, in our generation having kids, and they buying them. So it's just it's a it's a never ending cycle. I don't think let's take that back. One of these generations will stop buying Jordans, but just not right now. It won't be in the next twenty years. I'm glad you caught yourself because I was, yeah, I, was, I, was, say, yeah. I was literally about to explain how in your explanation you basically told the death of how how Jordans is gonna come down. Basically, what's gonna happen is we're the last generation to actually see yeah. him yeah. actually play in our. In our existence, right in the life. So the generation now that's buying his shoes, they're essentially buying it for the clout of Jordan. Jordan, the shoe, the brand being hype, like any other brand you could think of right now, Gucci, etc. Now, however, the difference is the older generation we followed slash it was part of us watching Jordan. The following part is because that older generation. War Jordans, I would say, maybe into their 30s and 40s, maybe. Around after about 45, 50, dog, you ain't catching too many people in no Jordans. Not no, not no, not no grown-ass man. Um, and by the time we get to that age, the generation before us, they'll have bought the Jordans, but I guarantee you, for one, it'll be another, it'll be either another athlete or another shoe. Possibly LeBron. I don't know. And for two, the generation behind them won't have necessarily a reason to follow or to buy Jordans like that other generation had. They wanted to just follow us, but they're not going to follow just to follow, if that makes sense. Makes sense. I think that, uh, as y'all saying, I think it's going to be a couple generations down the line where Jordan's not visible. Like, like you said, we saw him play. Uh, we actually remember, okay, well, this shoe was worth this game. It, it's not a history lesson to us. We lived it, right? Whereas the generation that we have right now, these are our kids or our nieces and nephews who still are getting impressions from us and our uncles and our parents to, okay, we're going to put you in these J's when you're a kid. You're always going to have Jordans. It's just kind of ingrained in you. I feel like at some point, the further you, we get away from Jordan, that's when it's going to start trickling down. I don't know when it is, when it will be, but I feel like the fact that they keep coming out with trash shoes every year outside of the retros, it doesn't help it at all. Um, I want to kind of piggyback on what Roy said about CP and Westbrook with shoes. I think all their shoes are trash. I think the only decent non-actual Jordan shoe, well, Wade's shoes was trash too. Um, I think that the only one was the Mellow 1.5. And that's not me being biased, but I really think that that was like, the best looking one because it was actually two Jordans put together. It wasn't necessarily his own signature shoe. Um, it was like the ones and the, the ones and the twos put together. 
um, but with a little twist. Whereas everybody else had their original from scratch, and all of them look like 2K generic shoes, like you made on 2K when you get your sponsorship. But I think, yeah, it's going to take a couple generations, but it will fizzle out at some point. Um, well, how you how you feel about that, Seth? The retros will never die. Cause just because they look good, straight up, on some real. I feel like that's almost like what Air Force Ones and everything was almost modeled after was them Jordans. I don't know which came first, but like it's all in that same like style. Uh, yeah. You know, the new shoes never hit, but you know, I don't buy Jordans. Probably won't ever again. Cost too much money. And then you know, we already know they made for like two dollars in China, so it don't really matter. But I'm gonna sell you two for two twenty five. Oh yeah. <laughs> Profits extreme. Question though. What defines what defines a shoe looking good? Because I mean I feel like and I feel like that's a we may end up coming up with an answer like when it comes to like genres of music, right? You can't necessarily really say which one's better than the other one because music essentially is an art form and when it, you know when it comes to art can't necessarily say something is good and something isn't because it's more or less a uh, subjective matter right, right. than I object. True that. But if y'all could say, what what would what would you consider? Because I heard you say that the Jordans look good, so that made me that just made me come think of the question like, what makes a shoe look good? So let me hop in here because so for example, the shoe that I might probably that I'll wear the most is like of a kind of a like the the pointed shoe not pointed but like 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 a thin shoe so like when i see like a like one of those fat bulky square toe shoes you know whether it be a shoe or or a sneaker or something like that i'm like man that shit look ugly you know what i'm saying so like i think it's like your personal preference but then like there's a certain like element i'd like a sleekness or a coolness because if we think about like for what I remember about the Jordan shoes, and, and Roy might remember better, like them Jones, like the the newer ones were bulky and just like had extra little, a lot of trinkets and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like nobody <laughs> nobody wants to have like you know spinners on their shoes. Like that's not cool for real. The Dada's, <laughs> the Dada's though, not the Dada's. <laughs> no, we cool. But yo, uh, ASAP. The the Air Force ones came out eighty two and discontinued at eighty four, but they came back. Uh, so. The Jordan One would technically be based off the Air Force One, which the and we see how the Air Force One hit and came back, right? So, in certain yeah. elements, like sim, like a level of simplicities, you know, like my favorite shoe right now is like the the court the Nike Cortez, because it's simple, it's sleek, it's cool. Ah. I mean, that's that's where I'm at right now. But if anything, just yeah. generally bulky and like extra, like nah, I don't like that. Yeah, I can talk shoes all day. I break them down. Like, <laughs> I have a strong distaste for Air Max 97. Really? Them things are oh, true. Yeah. I actually sat there and talked to SP about why I don't like the shoe. Like, I actually had a conversation with him <laughs> and broke down literally why I don't like the shoe. Um, So when – go ahead, Roy. You might chime in. I was going to let you finish, but <laughs> Sap, did you say the Cortez? What okay. in the Mexico is you talking yeah. about? I was going – what, what in the yeah, yeah, my, I got my dicky suit buttoned all the way up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's white white t shirt underneath with my dickies oh. on. Man, what? You don't like the Cortez? Uh, Sap a whole local. Don't tell here, me man. you won't sell in the Cortez, man. Chill no. out, man. 
Cortez, hey man. I mean, Cortez they they selling, but I'm they not selling Boy. who I'm selling them to. They like, I think that's like a hype beast you right now. Not saying you're a hype beast. You're a hype beast, and we know about you. Because Ken, because Kendrick, because Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar actually is involved with that somehow. I think that's just kind of the hype off that. But um, Air Max 97s, I can't stand them jumps because they're like 25 different yeah, them, layers. Yeah, they're pretty ugly. Shoe. Yeah, to me, with a shoe, I like how they flow. Like, my favorite shoe of all time is Joy 13, right? And the way they look just aesthetically, you have like the three different things you're looking at. You're looking at the the base that's based off like a, a leopard, was it a leopard foot? Or a panther's foot. One of the, it's a cat's foot, basically. Um, so got like the little bubbles on the bottom, and then you got the side <laughs> with. Hey man, the break. Hey, when you when you buy Jordans, you get the actual card. They tell you what the shoes inspired by, like the Jordan 14 based off of Ferrari. But anyway, so, like I just like how the shoe flows. Um, but yeah, so what makes it look good? Honestly, like you said, it's it's a subjective thing. It's based off what you like personally. Like some people probably think Jordan 13s are the ugliest shoes in the world. I personally love them. Like, I think Jordan 2s are trash. Some people probably love Jordan 2s. Jordan hasn't re-released a 2, to my knowledge. No, nah, not that long. It's <laughs> so, been like a year. Yeah. They released the white and red ones like a year so. ago. Maybe two. Man, them things trash. But, yeah, but uh, speaking of that, what's your, what's your favorite shoe? Like, it doesn't have to be Nike. It doesn't have to be Jordan. What's your favorite shoe? 95s, baby. AM. I'm with you on that. Huh? I said I'm with you on that with the with the 95. They're not my favorite. 13 is not my favorite, but Air Max 95 is definitely on top. Where what's your favorite shoe? Uh that's tough. Favorite shoe from the past? Uh Jordan Elevens. Favorite shoe currently? Classic. Nike Vapor Max, the fly knits. They can't miss with them colorways. Them Jones comfy. All right. Sap, what you got? I'll say. Cortez. Hey, Roy, hey, I would say my favorite Jordans <laughs> are like the Jordan Olympics. Something about that. The, the Olympics. Sixes. Yeah, the sixes. Yeah, those are real fly. I had a pair of them back in the day. Um, my favorite non-Jordan shoes, you know, come at me. It's the Toms. Hey, can you mute him for a little bit? <laughs> muting right now. <laughs> he hey. said your favorite shoe, not favorite shoe brand. Well, Tom, at the time, was the actual whole it shoe. Is, but I yeah, think the shoe Tom's brand was based not, on the It is. It is. It is. I was. I was, I, was, out here looking I, was, like, I was being sarcastic. They both, they both trash, man, but yeah. evolution. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Looking like Jet Lee, man, you know what I'm saying? Comfort hey, man, shoes, you, you slip man. on a pair of them and walk nah. outside every day. It's mad comfortable. No, nah. nah, I'm good. Nah, they nah, can't man. be more comfortable than them, uh, than uh, Ugg, the Uggs uh, loafers, nah. the Ugg loafers, and the, uh, huh? I said I passed them good. The loafers, dog. Nah, the loafers is them shit's fire. Hey, Sap, I can't even look, man. After I saw you with them Crocs, I can't even <laughs> take your judgment on shoes. Oh yeah, that's what I was trying to. That was, that's the second one, Crocs, boy. Crocs. Oh, uh, man, them things are deplorable, man. I can't I mean, even think I, of the word. The aesthetics are 
are, oh are something uh, it's, something it's, of an eyesore. It's, it's However, like they're real comesick, comfortable man. though. Like I mean, I don't wear them no more because I got my I got times. They now, are real so I, don't, I don't fuck. With, I don't fuck with Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you oh you fancy now, huh? Yeah, fam. Oh, he yeah he is. While he's in the lab, the local, the local craft, local craft brew, local craft uh, coffee man. That's how we do it. Give one, take one. You heard him. Hey, look. I just knew SP was gonna say his favorite shoe was the Jordan Twelve. I just knew that, man. Preferably suede, suede and blue. If you get my (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are we going to let him live or are we going to put this uh, We're going to drop that on the page. Y'all tune in on the page tomorrow. We got we got some questions about SP and these jeans. He got his crap report jeans on. He was auditioning for his own segment. With hey, bro, that boy, that boy had the jeans. He had his spray painted jeans on. Hey, hey, yo, it's a real you hey, hey, he propped his face out, though. Propped his face out. <laughs> hey, yo. That boy, hey, that, that boy had to lay on the bed and throw his legs up to get his jeans on. This nigga asked, yo. This nigga asked. <laughs> this nigga. This nigga SP quiet definition is showing in these pants, yo. Like, come on, man. That nigga SP. because I got strong legs, man. But that nigga and then he had the nerves to be on the phone like he texted somebody. <laughs> hey, 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 Cal. That nigga SP probably, that, that nigga SP My was probably to... thinking to himself like, dang, I didn't know I gained this much weight. Try to put this <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of though. I'm aware hey. I'm getting one more wear out of these. I'm going to get one more wear out of when he got the car so he could breathe and drive. <laughs> Man. This nigga SP, his pose though, oh. he got the foot pointing out. Like he, he like low key, he low key got the bad bitch pose going. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> hey, that boy, that boy up on his toe too. Nigga can't have, a, nigga can't have a, nigga can't have a stagger. God damn. No, cause your, cause your hip popped. Now we wouldn't know your hip was popped if your pants were so tight. Wow. <laughs> My man SP got hey. the hip popped to the right. That boy looking at his staggered. phone like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna breathe after they done taking this. <laughs> well, we know them jeans y'all wear. You probably can't find your phone in your <laughs> ass pocket. Hey, look, man, I got big, I got big thighs, and I'm not gonna sacrifice wearing some tight shoes. Yeah, you I, see I, me yeah, on the yeah. gram. My jeans ain't that tight. You sacrifice them legs, them 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 underlegs, though, huh? Them underlegs. What? <laughs> hey, your lower no, legs. There's no getting out of you wearing these leggings on IG, bro. I know you. I know you're not understand. I know you're not understanding about lower legs. Cause you using ain't got worried about that as big as your. Hey, y'all go. Y'all are. go to Ghost Hustle. G H O S T Hustle. H U S T L E and follow my dog, and look at these tight ass jeans he got on. Hey, hold on though. Hey, hey. hold on. I'm talking all this trash. I got like. Hey, that. I ain't gonna lie. When you posted it in the chat, I went. And, hey, let me go back. I went I and like liked it before I, I started shooting my jokes off. Hey, boss. <laughs> yeah, I gotta like it. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me go like it first. Nah, you ain't gotta like it. You hate it. It's all good. Nah, man. I'm just saying, man. I, I just wanna know we got I just wanna know we got choking. Hey, 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 on the choker, man. Kudos, hey, on, kudos hey. on the shirt, man. This shit is mad fly. Everybody should pick up one. One of the, you know, the button down collar jumps with the, the chain, man. Got the 90s style. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I've been looking for them. I, I got two of those in the closet, man. Yeah, they don't, they don't come in my size, so yeah, I don't it's, even it's a rarity. We know. Speak. Hey, man, we can't we can't get away with uh, just joking on SP, man. Roy laughed because he posted on the story, boy. Like, hey, boy y'all, y'all go look at it. I was five. Oh, boy. I was in a club so drunk. <laughs> this nigga Roy said working on my model face. It looked like the nigga was holding, yeah. in, holding in something. This nigga Roy, like, like I, I commented in the chat. I was like, yo, <laughs> I just want a girl to hold on to my relationship as, high, as tight as Roy holds ah, his breath right now. That's tough. Because this nigga Roy, like, he was struggling. Hey, you, 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 you're struggling with these jokes right now, Kyle. They ain't, they ain't really oh, hitting right. how SPGs was. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is that a compliment that's or a joke? Right. That's about <laughs> jokes, you fags. jeans were hitting. Wow, I mean, all right, you keep it. That's not Yay. gay. Boy. Hey, we live in open society, fam. Hey, if it was, nothing's wrong with it. We still gonna accept him. He's our brother. Hey, but you know what? Cal think he free. Y'all go look at the chat real quick. What you gonna? I, I, you, you, I'm not about to save you from this. Hold on. What's in the yeah, chat? It's coming. I don't see nothing. Don't worry. The chat. It's, it's gonna be there as soon as I find the chat. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the people listening, well, what's going on in the chat? Yeah, I will post it, but nah. Cal ain't got much room to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what? You ain't got much room to talk. Go ahead though. Hey, hold on, you... cause I got screen, I got screenshots from last year when you was complimenting. You ain't got much room to talk. <laughs> you, you auditioning for the slipping video, DMX? Hey man. Hey, hey man. Tim's. Hey, hey, Tim's essential, I'm man. just saying. Oh man, that was hey, too man. funny, bro. Shoot. Damn, man, we just, we just roasted everybody in the garden. Whew. I'm sweating right man, now. Man, speak, speaking of roasting, it seemed like Stephen A. was trying to roast Carmelo on this uh, interview. Wow, that was a segue. segue. <laughs> we definitely love we definitely I, love. Hey, look, I closed out the notes and everything. I'm just sitting here talking. <laughs> Whew. Dog, what the Oh, man. <laughs> hey, what, so what did he say? <laughs> Oh, besides, he, besides I mean, he don't deserve a. Um, it was basically. Uh, uh, what's that joint call? What they, what all the stars want farewell to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Carmelo said he never. I mean, I listened to that interview of his uh, his trainer. It was on Breakfast Club, and his trainer was like a like like somebody asked him the tr- the question of like, oh, do you think Carmelo deserves a farewell tour? He's not playing in the league right now, and his trainer was like, yeah, Carmelo does deserve a farewell tour, and. They took that as like, oh, Carmelo was asking for a farewell tour. You know how we just talk about uh, people like the media twisting, uh, like people sound bites and making their own narrative. They completely twisted that because Carmelo, mm-hmm. I guess, apparently woke up one day and was like, "Yo, I ain't saying nothing about no farewell tour." What are they talking about? Then they was like, "Oh, your trainer said this." He was like, "Come on, bro," because you know somebody asked him yeah. a question. He answered the question. Next thing you know, it's a whole week long of. Trashing Carmelo as if he said something when he ain't say nothing to begin with. Yeah, free mellow. And but that's what the Breakfast Club do, man. They're like a gossip gossip yeah, show, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna find something. But yeah, essentially though, the, the interview was about uh Stephen A. Smith asking the direct questions to Mello, because Mello been ghost basically since he left um Houston. So he asked him about the Houston situation, nah, the OKC situation, uh why he didn't 
Yeah, Puerto Rican, we good. Oh, oh, we we talking yeah. about that set, yeah. He probably yeah, true, true, but true. black men don't cheat. Um, again, free my nigga Melo. But um, no. Nah, so he was basically uh, asking him the direct questions that people you know have been talking about, but never really asked him about what happened at uh, Houston, what happened to OKC, uh, why was he not in the big three with Wayne, I mean Dwayne Wade and um and LeBron. Um, asking why if he really wanted to win, why was he taking more money in New York? He was just pretty much asking all those questions he would always talk about on the show and people were bashing for it. So he was just b- pretty much being honest, answering questions. Um, but my biggest take from the interview was more so Carmelo's stance of, he thinks he's bigger than basketball while he's not playing. He thinks there's some blackballing going on, um, you know, with the GMs and everything. He, he didn't directly say it cause he said he doesn't want to say that and, you know, end up not really being able to get a job, but he, he's big on that. There's not, on every team, there's not 12 more people better than him. So he feels like he deserves a spot in the, in the NBA. And Stephen A. asked him flat out, like, yo, do you want to just play or do you want to compete to win? And he was like, honestly, I would love to compete to win, but I just really want to play. I love the game that much. So that's pretty much what the whole hour was. It was just a lot of him answering those direct questions that no one really – That boy just want to be in a new city every night for another year. <laughs> He ain't fooling nobody. I mean, when you say it like that, <laughs> ain't nobody blackballing I mean, he can do that. him, he can man. Do that anyway, man, ain't nobody blackballing him, man. His game, hey, do you? His game just is not viable in today's in today's game. And what kills me is that uh, you can't name twelve players better than me on one team, bro. You can use that example for a lot of people, bro. But the fact of the matter is, your game isn't viable for no team strategy in today's game. Uh, probably uh, or nah. I, I if this was like Memphis with Paul Gasol, I don't know, bro. Mello, Mello could probably still hoop though. I think what it is, he was so good for a long, well, not a long time, for a few years that people. No, he was I, good. He I was mean, good not a long him. time. He eight year run, ten year run. That ain't long. <laughs> LeBron <laughs> seventeen. Long LeBron seventeen. In, they came out the same year. Ten All Stars, bro. Ten All Stars, six All NBA. I don't want to hear that all star shit. Kyle Lowry and then three, three or four time all star. It's really, it's really because Melo, because of who he was. If he don't come back performing close to that level, they're gonna say it was a waste. Even though he's still better than most of the dudes in the league, he just not as good as he used to be. Duh, he's not gonna do the. He's not gonna do the small things that the the. the basically, why would I waste my roster spot on? Either a a guy that still has a chance to make it, still could get better. I don't know. That's why he's there. Or two, on a guy who's gonna do all the dirty work for me, that get the things done that may not necessarily look pretty on the stat sheets, but are gonna look pretty when it comes to the flow of the game and us winning that game. Melo's not gonna do that. Point point blank simple. Yeah. He's just not. Bro. So I'll say the part because I was listening to this like on the road and. I was kind of sad listening to it because I was like, damn. Essentially, Stephen A got this man begging for a spot on any NBA team. I think it was out yeah. here like, I just want to play ball. I just want to play basketball. And I was like, damn, how many times he going to say that? And he, he like, 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 it's crazy, man, because they just, he almost reduced him to begging for an opportunity when I'm sure he's better than somebody. 
but I don't think it's the fact that he's not going to do certain things, but it's like the fact it's like his reputation precedes him. So it's just the idea of Melo on your team versus actually having a Melo on your team. It's like something that people are just like, nah, I don't want to touch that, which is kind of fucked up because he got on, you know, TV and just said, man, I just want to play ball, which is kind of sad, man, because it's almost reducing him down to just being an athlete and depending on somebody else for his living. I don't know. It's just something about that I didn't like. Hey, man, he ain't got to worry about money, man. Them contracts, he, he straight. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel you, though. It's like the optics of it. And Melo's one of my favorite players of all time. And it's just like you see him out here politicking for a job, basically. Like, yo, come on, man. Ain't nobody – yo, you ain't got 12 people better than me on your team. You know, give me a shot. So, I mean, as SP was saying, the game is kind of past his style of play. But I feel like he can still be like somebody – come off somebody's bench and, you know, get that production um, 15 minutes, you know, it's your show for the next 15, Melo. Get that production. You know, he don't got to be on the court to close games out. He ain't got to start. But, I mean, it's him taking that hit. And, you know, he said he at this point in life, he said, hey, man, I'll, I'll do it if I have to. He was like, I wasn't mature enough to, you know, a few years ago to accept that role. Now I'm mature enough to actually accept that role. So, I mean, I hope hopefully he gets a shot. Um, you know, I just want to see him be able to, uh, you know, play till he can't play no more and more so then getting pushed out the league. Yeah, only time will tell, man. Only time will tell. Yeah, we'll see when people start getting hurt. Hurt. In, I definitely don't think he's going to get a shot this year. I think he's going to have to go overseas, maybe. But the thing is, he I don't. He it's not the. He don't want to play just to play. He wants to play to win the championship. Which you know, he just wants that to feel good to hit that pinnacle of his uh, professional uh, milestones. He just wants to hit that. Once he hits that, he's fine. Because he all. Nobody wants to be the Charles Barkley. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was just <laughs> about to say one. that. Damn. Yeah, he's, I've been saying that for a minute, man. He, he's the Charles Barkley of this generation. And, and the thing is, like, he was being real candid. Like, man, when he was saying he was in Denver, and he was like, man, I can't walk away from this money. You know, not from where I'm from. You know, I'm from, you know, Baltimore. I'm going to take yeah. care of my family. This guaranteed money versus this short-term money where I don't know what's going to happen. Could get hurt and this and that. So, you know, it seemed like him and, you know, his his peers in the league were just in different, like, situations and different mindsets. So, you know, we just see which ones work for the long term. And, you know, now he's just trying to get back, you know, just get that championship, which is important to him. So, you know, hopefully he get it. But hopefully he don't – you know, I, I just didn't like seeing him be in that situation of just, like, almost begging. That just that just sit right sit well with me. Yeah. And when you that when you that rich, you gotta beg sometimes. He didn't got everything else he wanted. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he begged yeah. while I take him back a couple times. He definitely did. Yeah. But black, his oh, poor, yeah. his poor black man don't cheat. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just weak. It was that weak Puerto Rican. No disrespect. <laughs> his you talking about the side of the world, Cortez? Uh, <laughs> Chill out, man. He says he's with Cortez as he's taking Lala back out the brunch, man. Don't do that. Oh, man. Ooh, Lala. <laughs> that sounds Lala. His black side ain't Lala. But, um, <laughs> but we're about to go pay some bills. We'll be right back.
Nah, let's go in the club, bro. Hey, bro, you got some? Bro, I mean, what was you getting, bro? Alright, fuck with me. I'll see you now. Uh. Round of applause. Baby, make that ass clout. Drop it to the floor. Make that ass clout. Round of applause. Baby, make that ass clout. Drop it to the floor. Make that ass clout. Oh. Bust it, bust it, Waka. Thanks, Anchor, as always, for looking us, looking out for us, holding us down. You know what time it is. Clap, 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 clap. Clap a report with your boy, <laughs> Dos Dolores. So, they say San Diego has beautiful weather. However, these clappers captivated my attention. I've even forgotten my endeavor. America's finest city, so they say. To these clappers, I say, marry me. Bodacious bottom, say must I. Clap a steak, well done, still can't decline. Miss Ward, we thank you so much graciously for being a part of this clapper report. They say these clappers are artificial assets, but still I seem to get past all of that. Clappers illustrating elasticity edible, ready to risk it all, 10 years federal. Vegan is your preference. Clappers are mine. <laughs> After this clappers is the legend badge, goat grind. 2K reference. And that is all this week, gentlemen. For the clapper report, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get her at, or are you gonna drop her in the chat? In the chat, oh my god, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel is the the second uh set of luxurious clappers that I reported on a moment ago. Yeah, I dropped the handles in the chat. Hey, can I throw can I throw a quick tidbit in there real quick? Shout out to Tony Morrison, yeah. rest in peace to the goat, one of the goats. Yeah. yeah, rest in power, my sister. You had a uh, you, you just you inspired me to talk about it because that the poetic uh, justice you just served. I just wanted to give her a quick little, you know. Yeah, I I was sad when I saw that man. I read a few of her books, man. You know, just a beautiful sister, beautiful soul. So you know. May you everybody go out and read at least one Tony Morrison book, you know, beloved, home, so many to choose from, all love. Shout out to Terrell. She did have a lot of books. Well, back to the clappers. This is no way of feeling. No, I just it was (laughs) so we had to, you know, it's unconfirmed reports. Tony Morrison clappers. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of poetic justice, poetic justice, poetic justice. <laughs> hey, Cal, drop that beat. Well, this weekend the uh, Carrie Hilson update. Uh, they ended up liking my comments again this week. Um, <laughs> Hey, speaking of they, 56 <laughs> people liked your comment. You went viral on her own page. 
that's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, so that's definitely this is Kyle's conscious speaking. The DM went up this oh, week. <laughs> I knew when I commented on Terry's page, they would go crazy. This is Kyle's conscious speaking. I said facts. What? Now what was once ghetto is called a life hack. Thanks for spreading the message, my queen. Emoji, emoji. Yes. This is Cal's conscious speaking. Yes. After I put that on her comments, the DM went up three times every minute on the hour. Oh, oh, hold up. My man dropped the whole rhyme. Yes, this is Cal's conscious speaking. You know how I do when I get in my bag. All right. First of all, Rory, when you read it as my conscious, make sure you describe these emojis. I have a very description cop- descriptive. This conscious. is Cal's conscious said speaking. Emoji, emoji. I no. said it how I read it. This is a this is the heart the three hearts around a smiley face emoji, and then the regular smiley face emoji. There you go. This is Kyle's conscious speaking. He really is poetic. That's yeah, <laughs> SP. That's SP. Hey, you and SP gonna have to fight. Oh, you keep trying to holler at this girl like that. <laughs> I was about to say, man, I'm have to come with the heat now. Ooh. He done, he done forced my hand. You got, hey, you gonna have to get in your Drake bag now. <laughs> you gonna have to. Oh man. See, let me, let me look because Cal probably posted it as soon as she posted picture too. Because that's how you got to do. Man, he in there too, nah, boy. Like that was, this, this, this is this was a few minutes. I don't know. Oh, so you let it fester, huh? Ooh, let it fester. Yeah. Hey, man, got to marinate a little bit. All I'm saying. Man. But all I'm saying is facts. Oh, well, first we got to describe the picture because we out here just talking. So she's sitting there looking beautiful with a black backdrop in her cornrows, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? With a black t-shirt with white lettering. Looks like impact font. That says ghetto until proven fashionable. <laughs> and uh hey, hold on, hold on. How the fuck did you know what the font was? Niggas about to go what? to Microsoft Word and be like, yo. Oh right? God, I just went to, I just opened Microsoft on my computer, bro. I, I'm looking for it as we speak. Like, uh, it looks it looks like it's wow. Bad, that's imp- that's impressive. Let me let me let me let me let me check just to make sure that is impressive. <laughs> but either way, yeah, man. I commented facts, three exclamation points. Now, which well, I can't talk today. She now, got you, she got you flustered. Is now called a life hack. She does, man. But now, uh, now what was once ghetto is now called a life hack. That's true. Oh, yo, and some real shit. We in the lab, right? And like, there's something like there's a shaker. We trying to grow a bacteria to do some. Cal said it. Cloning. <laughs> Pre-show comment. Pre-show comment. Look. <laughs> Look. And and like there's the shakers like making a noise like thump 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 like somebody's like knocking on your door, so somebody come through and just like sticks a test tube in the shaker so that it, the sound goes away, and they're like oh life hack, in my mind I'm like, yo, that's just some ghetto shit we use to stop that noise from happening. This is Kyle's conscious speaking. You probably in the lab with white hacking. people. They don't know that. <laughs> life hacking. <laughs> well, my well, conscience got to be racist for it. Hey man, it's that we all. This is Kyle's conscious so speaking. I'm not racist. 
<laughs> I just thought you about to follow up with that. Yeah, hey, that's Cal's Cal's yeah. speaking. Calvin, as me, just has an appreciation for light skinned women. I'm not racist. All right, man. All right, here we go. <laughs> I, all right, man. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go into that, man. Uh, by the way, that font definitely looks more like, like Impact too. I just had to type something up. So, uh, but um, all for Miss Hilson in my conscience. Um, as y'all heard in the theme song, if y'all made it this far, uh, we're going to talk about Tupac. Um, we have an actual resident Tupac fan, Mr. Sap here. Because um, this is definitely about to be Here. difficult to do without an actual Pac fan. Because I probably would slander the heck out of him with no retort. But, uh, so, question here. It was a uh, guy named Glasses Malone. He's a rapper from the West Coast. He made a uh, song called Tupac Must Die. Um had a video about it, but it was pretty much the uh, from the perspective of Tupac's alleged killer, right? And I was watching his Breakfast Club interview, and he made a lot of points. And for someone who's not really educated on West Coast hip-hop history, they probably would think he's just hating, right? He was talking about how Pac wasn't really popping until he was near Snoop, right? Also, he was talking about how... Uh, Pac wasn't as big as you make it seem like now, but it's more so being made, his, his impact is being seen bigger because of his death, right? So um, thought about the question about Pac, you can also kind of follow that with Biggie because Biggie also died um, at a young age. Uh, they both died younger than, way, way younger than what we are now, right? They both died, I think 24 and 25 or 25, 26, one of the two. But they both died pretty young. So my question posed to you guys is, um, does Tupac and Biggie's legacy uh, get hyped more because of their uh, early demises? We can go ahead and start with uh, Sap here. He's the only yeah. one unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's a tough one, man. Like, I listened to that same interview, man, and the thing is, uh, like, we know Pac and, and Biggie just off of reputation and really because of the fact that they died and everybody just, you know, memorialized the impact that they had while they were alive and look at them as like full human beings. So, you know, the, the, the regular answer is like, yeah, of course we know, we know, and they're hyped up because, you know, they're, they're almost like martyrs for real. They're martyrs of hip hop, especially during a time where there was a perceived East coast, West coast beef, you know, that was real hyped up, which, you know, it's arguable whether that was like real or not, or it's just like a ploy, you know, to get people to listen to hip hop and listen to certain artists. But it's, uh, you know, I think the, the more pressing part was the fact that like, I think, you know, you were this whole, this whole thing precipitated because uh, that song that came out, it was like uh, Tupac deserves to die which has just a super provocative tar uh, title to begin with. And essentially, uh, the guy, uh, Glasses Malone, just details stories that he's heard secondhand of how Tupac died and the situations that led to that, which, to make a long story short, Tupac and his crew beat up some dude who was a crip, and the dude, while he was on vacation, so the dude was like, yo, he got back with his crew and was like, yo, when we see them, this rap nigga, we gonna smoke it. And they did that. So, you know, that's kind of making a long story short. But the thing is, it's like, man, I don't know, bro. 
it's like I don't need like like SP mentioned like I don't even know the real value of telling this now because to be honest you know this guy Glasses Malone was hyping himself up more than he was like the actual story and song and as I was listening to it I was like yo this 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 ain't even all that hot for real neither is the production that tight so you know I think it's just my guy Glasses Malone trying to make a power move more than anything and you know it's just you know rest of power Biggie rest of power Tupac because you know they have a large body of music that's both inspirational and you know just some good thumpers it can even get you fired today evidenced by my man who still loves Tupac and got fired oh, off yeah. of that lyric my man was emailing Pac, uh, Pac inspirational uh, lyrics to uh, do work and it was like stop it he kept going <laughs> Mike said, keep your head up, legs closed, eyes open. <laughs> Somebody was like, fuck you. <laughs> but, but regardless, man, you know, yeah, we, we recognize them because they, they passed away. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it's worth revisiting too much for real. But that's just my thoughts. All right, cool. Uh, SP? <laughs> I ain't got too much interest in Tupac and Biggie. Um unpopular opinion they weren't that great nah I mean they were good artists but um you know for music well music for me um a lot of your music has to be well I'll say this a lot of times with music we we tend to get attached to certain songs and albums etc uh, that have a certain significance in uh, experiences or certain times in our life. Those tend to be the songs that we that are timeless, essentially, to our our own personal preference. With that being said, um, there isn't really anything that makes Tupac or Biggie's catalog, uh, in general, for the most part, um, a lot of playback i guess you could say appeal replay value replay value thank you so a better much better way to describe that um doesn't give a lot of replay value for me personally um do i believe that their legacies are hyped because of their deaths absolutely because i mean it's like the old adage um you're you're more popular when you're you're dead or you're more valuable when you're dead, then rather than alive, a lot of times in a lot of people's eyes, um, just because it comes down to the simple fact of you, it's a it's a lot easier to neglect the value of something in your possession when it's in your possession as opposed to when it's no longer in your possession. So, um, with all of that considered, I would ultimately say, yeah, undoubtedly, that legacy is a hype. Due to uh due to their deaths, um, and the time the timing of their deaths, more importantly, um, I don't understand the hype. Hey, man. Still, hey man, Jake. Oh my bad, my bad. No, go ahead. I was about to say, uh, as you said, Jadakiss said it yourself. Uh, dead rappers get better promotion, but um, essentially, yeah. What you got, Roy? Man, rest in peace, Nipsey. 
Yo, he... <laughs> it's the, it's the solidarity, be. bro. Sap, you ain't been here, man. <laughs> you ain't been here. Sap, you ain't been here. This ain't coming from. Wow. <laughs> this is coming from under a bridge. This is coming from under a bridge right now. This man is trolling. Wow. Would I troll you? <laughs> from under a bridge. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that one. <laughs> would, would, I, would I troll that with me? Me? Are you light skinned? No. But nah, um. You know, I think I'm a little East Coast biased. I, I like Biggie, though. I think Biggie would still have been what he was. But on the West, I mean, Snoop was – I mean, I said Snoop. Uh, Pac was coming up, but he had a lot of competition just in death row alone. Um, but I think Biggie was really – if you listen to some of the, the lyrical uh, lyrical uh, expertise that Biggie had, we was actually talking about this in a barbershop the other day. Like, Biggie was really a poet with the words, kind of like Drake is now, you know? So okay, look, we're not gonna do that. No, 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 no. So, uh, people listen to this, but no, nah, I, I think if Biggie and Pop were still alive, don't ever compare. Don't ever compare Biggie. And whoa, Drake, I mean, next thing coming. Don't. But if, if Biggie, Biggie and Pop were still alive, a lot of these artists today wouldn't even be artists because the game would have been different. Just because how they was coming, they was. I ain't gonna say they was really living what they was rapping, but it was some some genuineness to what they was portraying in their music. Yeah, they were yeah. sincere. Yeah, yeah. Man, you act like motherfuckers that came I, behind I, I, them won't 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 sincere and genuine. Get the hell out of here! Nah, nah, it, nah, it nah. It's, it's not that they weren't. It's not that people weren't before. It just was the fact that at the time that in place that they, they were, were in, they were they popped and made it more popular. Man, this, you know is the, this is the prime example of of this question that's being asked here. Their legacy <laughs> being right, hyped so, due to their death. <laughs> All right, SP, SP, history lesson, real quick, right? All right, so when you want to talk about that time period of Biggie and Pot, right? That 93, 4, 5, 6, like that stretch right there. Let's talk about what hip hop was. You had on the West Coast, you had the gangster rap, NWA, Ice Cube, Ice T. Uh, was E40 around then? I know he probably yeah, was probably yeah. Was, like But yeah, yeah. but it, that was what you had at the West Coast, right? And even though Tupac is. A whole East Coast nigga, but we ain't gonna get into that. But, <laughs> but then you have then you have on the East Coast, you got you, you're coming off of the Big Daddy Kings and all that. It, it's like the the Biggie style, like the production that Diddy, uh, you know, executive produced because I don't think he's actually in there pressing buttons. You got to think about <laughs> it. That sound out of Bad Boys Camp, you had Craig Mack, like he was going, he was selling. Then you had Biggie, where most of his like hits. Well, the hits off the first albums were literally songs from the previous decade, like popular songs, that they just kind of took the beat and then they rapped over them, right? So it's like the the sound of the game changed. And then you had Tupac with his singles, like How Do You Want It and all that. You got the R&B guy singing on it. Um, it, It's just like the sound of music changed at that point because New York rap was just coming off like the Big Daddy Kings and all them, but you had Wu-Tang and all them, real aggressive. Um, I think Wu Tang was like right during the same time, right? Yeah, it was right during the time because Red Man was with uh, Biggie, but the sound was different. Biggie's sound was like left field compared to all the other New York niggas, right? And Pac was more socially conscious, but not necessarily talking about the same things people from Compton was talking yeah, about. Are you so it's like they're go ahead. losing me. <laughs> I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you a lesson because you're sitting there saying that we're overhyping it. Like their two sounds actually 
changed how music was going at that point. Um, but I'm I'm biased also. Biggie's one of my favorite rappers. Um, even though Tupac was lyrical, I just feel like to me I, his music didn't click with me because it's real. To me, it's kind of boring in the sense of outside of his singles, listen to his. I can't get through, through a Tupac album. Like, I just can't do it. But Biggie, I can listen to it through and through. I know both albums word for word because you keep me you keep me in with the production. But like Roy was saying, I think if they were still both alive or you know, around a little bit longer, a lot of things would have probably changed. Like, niggas always say you wouldn't have Jay if Biggie didn't die. Right? Because when nobody thinking about Jay-Z, like, Reasonable Doubt wasn't popping like that when it first dropped, right? But Biggie, like, if you sit there and listen to the... He says some crazy stuff. He's crazy lyrical. Um, so I feel like when you talk about people that don't really care about the music and more so the personas, I feel like, yeah, they hype it up more. I see Tupac more... Like, I, I bang with Tupac movies more than I bang with his music. Honestly, like when it comes to Pac, so I feel like the legacies are a little bit hype, but I think, in my biased opinion, that Biggie's legacy is properly hyped, though. Okay, back to the question. There's there's no there's no evidence to prove that if they were still alive, the game of rap would be different. Zero evidence. I feel like some artists wouldn't have made it again. Huh? Some artists, some artists that are like celebrities today, wouldn't have been what they were. How do you figure that? Because it's just a, I ain't gonna say a culture, but like you gotta. Because it's it's different. It's different. It's different. Like it's different. All right, let me let me let me let me put another example. It's different. All right, Lim Bias, right? He died before he ever played an NBA game, correct? But we knew we knew what his talent was based off of what we saw in college. So all we can really do is predict how well he would have been in the NBA. That's a different situation from this because he never his NBA career literally never existed. These niggas were in rap. So you for a point in time. SP SP again the history the whole point of the history lesson was to tell you the projection changed yeah. because of them. Okay, Dog, New York a, rap changed okay, because so of them. So that makes Roy's statement niggas even were, more not make sense. If it, if it changed because of them. Then it that doesn't affect the people in the future. But when they, not, die, when they die, it leaves a void, so somebody else can come in with a new genre, a new flow. If Biggie's still alive, you might not even. Have so then that goes against in. that goes against what Cal just said. Then it's either it's either one or the other. It can't be both. Why I can't? That doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Why I can't? That's... But check this out. I argue that in the wake of like Biggie and Tupac's death, when industry saw how much people love Tupac and how much people love Biggie and Pac, then it was like, oh shit, well, we're going to promote this dude or give this opportunity here and there and actually, you know, almost pull, like, entrench hip-hop into the, like, into a mainstream type of, oh, just culture. Uh, for real. Let's, let's just talk about this, right? I don't know too much about West Coast rap, right? I ain't going to lie. East Coast rap. Let's talk about this. When Biggie died, like, Biggie... Biggie has a persona, you know, he talks about uh, the movie King of New York, right? And what is Biggie called? King of New York. So when Biggie died, what was next? Who's going to take the throne next, right? You already had Nas who dropped before Big dropped. And Nas, he won't really make no commercial type music. So it was literally who's going to take the reins of King of New York. So niggas in New York were super competitive to try to be that next nigga, right? If Big was alive... I don't see niggas being that competitive to try to take him down. I can see them wanting to work with him and try to be the best person that they can be, but it's a void here in New York 
for niggas to try to take. It's a void. It's, and, it's a void for position and status. That still doesn't mean that the people that came in they wouldn't exist. Period. I never said that statement. But that, that was my whole. <laughs> oh no! No, don't try to backtrack on the support now, nigga. No, no, no. That, I, no, no, no. I never said about. that statement, but I. I can never say I never said that statement, but I definitely can see where he's coming from yeah. with that. I can definitely see if Biggie was still alive from a certain point. Whenever, whenever he decided to stop rapping, like the game was going to be predicated off Biggie or Pop. Like wh- whoever was alive the longest, the game would have probably been predicated off what type of style of music they make. Just like when uh, when Kanye when Kanye started blowing up and Just Blaze, everybody wanted a Kanye beat. Everybody wanted Just Blaze beat. So all the music sounded like for a stretch of three to four years. So if Biggie's still out here making music, niggas are going to try to get that formula so they can be out here and try to make money. So all those people who came after the fact that sound nothing like Biggie, they might have not made it because you got a small window in the rap game to make it. Like back in, back in the day, niggas won't sign in like 30-year-old rappers. Now you can be like 50. Like remember, uh, what was that nigga name? Dang, what was that nigga? It was like a meme. Anyway, uh, it was like 54 Savage or something like that. But anyway... Now you have the ability since you got social media and everything to be able to put your music out there. But back then you had to go through these record labels. And if you went out here trying to make a certain sound or you won't like sellable, they won't go, they won't going to try to sign you. So I can definitely uh, argue with Roy saying like niggas wouldn't have made it because of Biggie or Pac still being active because a lot of the sounds changed after the fact. Okay, so that like and Biggie started that, that goes right against the statement that you just said as far as their their sounds changed the trajectory of, of the sound of hip hop. How does it go against it, SP? Their sound when they first came out, like if you go back and listen to all the stuff that dropped before, it was heavy boom bap, not too well samples, but it was like boom bap, like just basic beats. Biggie took song popular songs from the seventies, eighties, and remade them. So a lot of the music that was popping pretty much try to emulate that. So again, he he changed the sound. Tupac, again, I wouldn't say he changed the sound, but Tupac gave a different West Coast feel. So they start changing how things were seen. Again, if they continued on that path of how things were changing, a lot of people who came out after they died and the change, I mean, the sound changed again, they probably wouldn't have made it. No, like, you can't let's say that. Yeah, yeah. You, you literally, that doesn't make sense at that point. How does it how does it not make sense, SP? Because if because you talk about this, I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example. The Jay Z Biggie thing. I'm gonna give you Jay Z Biggie. Niggas say the only reason Jay Z is here is because Biggie died, right? Okay. Now, have you ever heard Reasonable Doubt? Serious yes, question. Have you sat there, listened to it, and digested? What about it? Okay. Is Reasonable Doubt not the same stuff Biggie raps about? He's the flossy nigga. Reasonable doubt is a lot of flaws, mafioso style, like, yo, I'm that nigga. All right? So, again, Biggie and Jay were in the same lane. But before Reasonable Doubt, if you uh go listen to all JC stuff with, like, uh, Jazzo or freaking, I can't think, of, like, Hawaiian Sophie and all that, he rapping real fast, like, can I da 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 He's doing all that type of stuff. So, again, he went into the lane of what Biggie's doing. Now, two people in that same lane, again, back when Reasonable Doubt dropped, Reasonable Doubt dropped it did not sell well because niggas did not care about Jay-Z. Big was still alive. Now, once Big died, okay, now Nas is going to come back with It Was Written. Okay, now we're looking back at Jay-Z. Jay-Z comes back out with In My Lifetime, still again rapping about some mafios, not mafioso, but mob, not mob boss, but some flashy stuff. But then he starts doing the, okay, I'm going to start now doing more 
remixing stuff. I'm going to do the I Love the Dough with Biggie. Like, all those type of things. So, again, Biggie and Jay, they probably could have coexisted, but he would not be to the level that he is right you now. can't say that. Out here. But to be you fair, that, give me an example of two people in the same region being both highly successful when it comes to music. It's always some sort of beef. Even though they were friends, but it's always some type of beef. Or somebody's going to outshine somebody else. Okay, so who's 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 to say you you you're assuming and predicting a lot of shit there? Like, who's to say that that Jay Z wouldn't eclipse Biggie in popularity at some point in time? They, like, like Once, you're doing a lot of, stop, you're, like, you're doing no. a lot of assuming, and it's understandable. SP, you, did you just say and it's understandable? <laughs> no, I said it's understanding. <laughs> Of what is what you're doing a lot of yeah Man. yeah I think at this point you know we should agree to disagree. I tried to do that five minutes. Ago. <laughs> nah man, nah man. You said that. Keep telling us. Nah, you wrong, brother. <laughs> Tell us we wrong about our own opinions. All right. Cool. All I can do is make assumptions. All I can do is make assumptions off. I mean, you facts. can't. Yeah, I mean, to be fun. when you go back and look, reasonable doubt did not sell that well. There's no, there's no actual. When you go, when you, when you there's go no listen. actual fact to state who's going to be where based on who exists. Yeah, there is no actual but fact again, to state that. You, you, you're, you can only, you can only land, predict dog. at that point. Yeah, it's hard. It's you, hard to, dog, you change, you, you change your whole thing when we, though. When we you talk about your whole style. When we talk about how one way. artist released music of single tracks from SoundCloud and random places. We're not right. talking about that, man. <laughs> but, I mean, he just released 17 <laughs> songs with the Care Package on his own record label. Man, don't How many artists you know that? could do that? That could release a new album of old songs that'll still probably hit the top 100. I ain't listening. I ain't listening uh, to it. Probably. Yeah, J. Cole could probably do it. He can release all the Friday. He can release all his mixtapes. No, he should because you can't find them really nowhere else for real. You got to go to Jack. <laughs> <Jack-Hope. laughs> still going to tell Really exclusive. Who got him? Yeah, but who got him? Light skin connect. Really? What you? Oh, oh whoa, whoa, whoa! He said, he said, light skin connect. Oh, <laughs> well, since we, we talking about being light skin, Cal, talk about this rejection convo, please. Okay, first of all, that that <laughs> I mean, he said the light skin. I don't. I should have. I should. Yo, I should have asked him. Was uh, she light skin? So. This is a uh, a listener pose question. Uh, I don't want to put names out. We all know him though. <laughs> I'll ask him if I could if I could tell him who he is. But uh, he hit me and was like, "Yo, I got a question for y'all. Yo, continue on y'all conversation from last time." Um, he was like, "Yo, this scenario really happened to me. How would y'all react to it?" So um, last week we talked about rejection and could you still be cool with the girl girl after the fact or the guy or whatever you into, right? So the question that he posed was, if somebody rejected you. And you saw them out, and you made eye contact with them at that location. You saw them in. Would you make? Uh, would you uh, talk to them, right? And then the next part of that question was: If y'all was talking and she flakes on you, and you see her out, how do you respond to that? So that's two part question. Um, SP, how would you take the? Re- how would you take uh, seeing somebody who just rejected you out in public? And two, if y'all was actually talking and she flaked on you, how would you respond to that if you saw her out? If she flaked on me and I saw her in person, I'd be like any other grown ass man should be and just ask her why not why why 
the hell did you flick on me? Obviously, you w- wouldn't use that verbiage, me personally, but I mean, that's as simple as that. Uh, what was the what was the first question? Uh, if you saw her, you made eye contact with her. Are you speaking? Yeah, and I, I do that with any any grown adult until they don't reciprocate back, and then I keep it as a mental note to not speak to that motherfucking person, and then it's just that. Okay, uh, Roy. I'm gonna ignore you 100. Um, percent Hell, I, I see people and still don't see them sometimes. So, I could be looking you dead in your face, and I tell you I didn't see you. So you, you know, yeah. It don't don't look don't expect me to talk. Yeah. Fortunate. Well, I speak. Yeah. But will I continue conversation? Nah. I feel yeah. I'm the same way. I probably I'm well I'll get out I'm of here. Hold on, boy. Right, you you'll probably say hello to who they with before you say hello to them. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, <laughs> Yo, good, Come on now. So for me. Uh, what's good, brother? How you know her, man? Oh, how you doing, sweetheart? How you doing, sweetheart? But no, um, honestly, if I make eye contact, I probably yeah. give you a head nod. Like, I'm not gonna wave. Yeah, so that's I'll, a, gest- give you a, head that's nod, a good honestly. gesture. Um, just head nod. I ain't gonna make my way over there unless I gotta go that way. Um, but if she flaked on me, we was talking. She flaked, and then I see you out with somebody. Well, I don't think that somebody was in the equation. It was more so if you saw her out. But if you flaked on me, and then I saw you out, and we were both out. Depending on how you flaked on me, it's like, am I going to talk to you or not? But I probably, honestly, I probably would, uh, if I saw you out with like a dude or something like that and you flaked on me, at that point, that's just like, yo, I ain't even going to say nothing to you. But, I mean, if I saw you out, probably, hey, how you doing to keep moving? I won't even wait for your answer. I just keep moving. Petty. But. Petty McRoberts. Okay. I mean, but I, I got yeah. one, I got one, I grew one thing on. to consider because, you know, we're talking from our perspective, but. Have y'all ever been in this situation? Because I have, where you dating somebody, and <laughs> and you and you and you bring up to somebody somebody you just see out in public somewhere or, or out, you know, conference club wherever, and you just like, oh, what's up? What's up? Yeah, y'all talking. You can feel the energy, but then you slip up and say. Oh, you remember my girlfriend so and so? Oh yeah, my girlfriend so and so. She doing this and that because the person knows her, and then it's like the whole energy just the all the air gets sucked out the room. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta summarize that because I'm, now this is this is this is what this is my takeaway. Essentially, you called someone you used to talk to or an ex-girlfriend your present girlfriend in front of your present girlfriend is no, that, no, is no, that no, what no. happened yeah, you got this all wrong so you're okay you're currently <laughs> dating somebody okay man or woman mm-hmm. you know because it happens always and while you're out just you're still dating that person you know just with you and them you know whether it's out there public or not and the person that you're talking to mm-hmm. just you see at a conference at a state you know, everybody's just talking and hanging out, kicking it. And then you're talking to somebody. You can feel the flirtatious energy. And then you slip up or you intentionally say, hey, man, you know, my girlfriend's doing good or this and that. Or, or do you remember so-and-so? Because 
your girlfriend or boyfriend and, you know, whoever you're talking to know each other, are familiar with each other, and you bring them up, have y'all ever had that, like, that whole energy just flip on you in that moment? Like, like a split second? Nah, man. I try to avoid my exes in public. Say, no, I'm joking. No. <laughs> no, nah, um... No, I've never had that situation. I mean, I've been in a situation where, like, I'm talking to a like, I'm talking to another chick, like, in a social setting. It's a vibe, and like, I just drop, you know, what I'm saying, drop my girlfriend or like some type yeah. of phrase, yeah. some of the sort, and I could tell like that vibe with her is gone. Like all of a sudden, she's just being wow. short and shit. But I mean, hey. I did the right thing in that in that scenario. So the way I look at it is, I mean, is usually I ain't gonna last a little bit of humorous <laughs> for me, because uh, I feel like I've been in a similar situation to that like twice. But, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, oh, so you was, so you was being nice, nice. Like this won't just you being nice. Okay, <laughs> well, sorry, <laughs> sorry to break your bubble because black men don't cheat. <laughs> FBMA. Those facts. Yeah. Roy, Roy, Roy don't have these problems, though. Roy? Yeah, because yeah, he likes they all cheat. I don't even appreciate that type of disrespect in my life. I'm not even going to respond oh. because I'm above that. It's above me now. I respect it. I respect that. Oh. Okay, speaking of being above. <laughs> way above. This nigga out here wild. Wow. Way, way above. <laughs> Two times above. Like Diddy said, this nigga said, look. He looked at his side and said, I'm above you, Justin. <laughs> Give me that girl. So, this nigga Diddy out here is dating his daughter's ex-girlfriend. You mean his son's ex-girlfriend? his age. His daughter, daughter, yeah, yeah. daughter, his son's his girlfriend. My bad, my bad, yeah, my bad. Who's like half his age, aka? So, when we say half his age, you mean like 50 and she um, 25? What you mean? Yeah, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's nah, she like 25. Yeah, that's the crazy part. He's 49, he's 49, and she's like 22. Yeah, yeah. all right. How, did, how would y'all feel if y'all daughter was out here dating a man closer to your age than he's closer to hers? You know what? I spoke. I spoke to my coworkers about this in uh, in decent length this afternoon, and um, one of them brought up the good point because originally, uh, and they were both females. Uh, originally, one of them had brought up the point of how they couldn't believe uh, because I think the the thing that brought this up and made this a uh, a trending topic recently is the fact that I I want to say it's Diddy's family. And uh, her and Steve Harvey and his wife went on like a trip to like Italy or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, basically, one of my coworkers was like, "How could she, uh, how could Steve Harvey, Harvey support that? Like knowing it's wrong, this and that." And then my other coworker had the uh, had the brilliant idea of it may be reverse psychology because you know a lot of the times uh, when it comes to women, and mind you, again these two women talking. She said, when it comes to women, they'll do things in spite of their father, knowing that he won't like it, you know, to get that reaction out of their father. Or, like I said, just in spite, because this is it's the opposite of what 
he wants them to do. Kind of that um, rebellious or rebellious type uh, activity. Um, and instead of that, you know, uh, be accommodating to the situation so that she could see for herself that it ain't a good fit. Which uh, I think that's probably Steve Harvey's approach most definitely in this situation. I could definitely see that. Um, Diddy nasty as hell, though, dog. That's trifling, I mean, man. I mean, but my... my, my it's, it's, no, 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 no. It's, it's too many women in the sea, My dog. question is, like, are you still cool with the dude who dates your daughter? And y'all the same age? Or, like, y'all y'all peers? Are you still cool with him? My nigga, he, my nigga, that's his son's ex-girlfriend, man. <laughs> what you mean? Forget the dad, nigga. That, that's your son's uh, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, if I'm Steve Harvey, he was already cool with Diddy. Probably off of the off of the media, them both being, you know, entertainment people alone. And then for two, shit, his daughter and his uh his son used to date, so they probably met before. And they probably had already built up some type of rapport before. So I'm sure. Man, that's an awkward conversation. <laughs> it's, that's an awkward conversation. It's even, nasty, it's even greater. <laughs> that nigga's a nasty. That I mean, like, nasty, what do these niggas talk about? Like, that's always my thing. It's like, is this really dating or are they just fucking? Like, that's the real question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> High pro, high profile. Hey, look, it's what time is it? Ten fifty nine. Ten fifty nine. It's nine fifty nine. Oh, nine fifty nine. You central. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> but yo, that's that's just crazy. Yo, I don't mean to sound like that guy, but yo, she's low key starting to get ran Not through, man. Early, dog. She was with Trey Songz like what last summer or the beginning of this summer. Then she was with uh, Diddy's son, and then now she was. I'm Diddy. starting to think Steve Harvey hey. ain't rich no more. She running around chasing checks. <laughs> I took Lori Harvey off my wish list. <laughs> hey yo, hold on. Won't all three of them, this nigga? <laughs> hey yo, low key, won't all three of them niggas that uh, something yeah. in the water though? Diddy, yeah. his son, and Trey. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. she was there. She's a, little She's a little nasty. I mean, you don't got to think of her as nasty, for real, man. She's just getting experiences, you know what I'm saying? Maybe she just she just thinking, oh, this person, bet, I'm going to get him. This person, bet, I'm going to get him. Just like a dude, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure this is not like a odd thing. It's just like a high a high profile thing. But, dog, really? The, the son and then the dad? Hey, can I, can I jump in real quick with this breaking news? Um, the NC well, it's not breaking, but earlier today, the NCAA issued a memo telling agents that for NBA agents to talk to underclassmen players, the agent has to have a college degree. They call it the Rich Paul rule. They don't. <laughs> they don't like that. Because uh, LeBron tweeted about it this <laughs> evening, saying, "Can't stop, won't stop. They big mad and scared. Nothing will stop this movement and culture over here. Sorry, not sorry. The Rich Paul rule." Hey, bro, don't the NCAA realize this man could probably just buy a degree? Oh, yeah. At that point? Chris Paul will have a degree in a, little, in a second because he, he was in school already. <laughs> if he did not. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron was paying for all these niggas to, uh, yeah. to go. Yeah, to I was about to say. So he might have already graduated. Yeah. Nah. Or you want to be real? You If you want to, let's be real about this. In order to be an agent, just have a you have license. To get a license. Nigga, all he got to do is get Maverick Carter to get a license. He yeah. paid for Maverick to go to school. 
And Rich Paul, Paul's he, I mean, up. he's going to be fine <laughs> because they're just, well, see, Rich, only thing is, though, Rich Paul can't sign with him. So if you sign with Rich Paul, pretty much says that if you sign with Rich Paul, you can't go back to school if you want to test the waters. Because, you know, in NCAA, you can test the waters type thing. Yeah, yeah so that's the only thing. Because if you leave in NCAA in general, it don't matter who your agent is. I think that's it, man. Uh, go ahead, SP, get us out of here. All right, well. All right, we out. <laughs> go ahead and drop that <laughs> drop that bread, cash app, council on the clutch. We know we love money. Share, like, subscribe, the cash app hashtag, but also our social media hashtag, Council on the Clutch Pod, soon to be Council on the Clutch Network. This week's Clapper Report was sponsored by Clappers R Us. <laughs> you keep shopping, we keep clapping. <laughs> All right, y'all. We appreciate all of our listeners, all of those, whether it's one minute or the entire two hours of this episode. Keep listening. We're going to try to keep on dropping great contact. Let us know how you feel. Hit them DMs up. Hit them comments up. We out. Yes, sir.